Are you great at talking? Do you like to talk? Maybe you're thinking about starting a podcast, but you don't know where to start. Why don't you try Anchor FM? It's the easiest way to start a podcast. All you need to do is record, upload, and publish. With different listening platforms, you'll be sure to gain listeners. Anchor FM, the easiest way to start a podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the lovely podcast. I'm your host, Amber Lynn. Okay, so I want to have a conversation about my kidney donation. Since I've had it, I've had a lot of people ask me a lot of questions about it. You know, did it hurt? Did I get paid for it? Why did I do it? Are you okay? So I wanted to have this discussion and just maybe give some people some clarity or some insight in case somebody out there listening wants to do this or is thinking about donating um, or going through a process with somebody who needs a kidney. So it all started at a family barbecue in 2018. And I was talking to my friend about his grandpa and how he's going through dialysis for kidney failure. And it really made me sad because one, I didn't know this was happening to his grandpa. And two, I personally know his grandpa and he's such an amazing person. He's a kind soul. He's so giving. He's amazing. He's just so full of life. And I never thought that he was going through something like that. But he was going through dialysis and he was spending majority of his time getting treated. And it, it really made me sad so you know I asked my friend what it is they were doing what was their plan is he getting a kidney donated is he on the kidney donation list I asked him if his family members have tested to see if they were a match and he actually told me that they did a lot of his family members did test to become the kidney donor for him but for some reason they didn't advance to the second round there's so many factors that go into testing and being a candidate for kidney donation so majority of them didn't pass or a majority of them didn't want to do it which I understand it's kind of a big deal but without question or thought I I said hey I'll test I'll see if I can do it the look on my friend's face looked like he just had a thousand pounds lifted off of his chest I mean he was so relieved he was so happy and honestly I I was a little frightened afterwards because it just came out of my mouth. It wasn't something that I actually thought about. That's how I knew it was sincere because there wasn't even a question or a thought about it. I just said, I'll test. So they gave me the information and I called the facility and the first question they asked me is, what's your blood type? Because if the blood type don't match, you can't go any further. So I told them my blood type and they said, well, you are the only person who has called about this person who actually has the same blood type. I was so nervous and so scared and so excited all at the same time because I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I didn't know what the next steps were. So they told me the next steps. They sent me some paperwork via mail and I filled them out. But once I got off the phone with them, I was able to call my friend and his grandpa and, and tell him that I was a match, that my blood type matched with his. You guys, if you can hear his voice through the phone, you probably would have cried. I cried. He was so sincerely happy, so excited, and just really grateful. So I told him the next steps of what I needed to do and that I would keep him updated. After I filled out the paperwork, the testing began immediately. I went through a year of testing. I went through psychological testing, physical testing, emotional testing. The blood work that I had to do throughout this year was unbelievable. 
It was painful. It was time consuming. I remember one of the tests, I had to sit in the hospital all day long from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. with an IV in my arm and they pumped blood every 30 minutes from my arm to make sure that everything was going smoothly. They placed iodine in my kidneys. I did this kidney test that measures the size of your kidneys. So naturally the left kidney is smaller than the right kidney, I learned. But if your left kidney is a centimeter smaller than what it naturally is, you are disqualified from being a candidate for a kidney donation. Mine was the exact size that it needed to be. The right one was good. So I was just really grateful that I was able to continue on. It's about seven months in and we're starting to go over the process of pre-op surgery and what to expect with that. And I was just getting nervous because I knew that the time was coming to give my organ away. So it was definitely nerve wracking. I had to legally get a will in place a power of attorney, make sure that my life insurance was good because this is a big deal, you guys. This was something, this is life-changing. This could possibly be life-threatening. There's just so many factors that go into this. It was it was pretty scary. I just really couldn't believe even till that day that I was donating one of my organs to another human being. It's just kind of weird to think about, you know, like some other human right now has a piece of me inside their body. It's just kind of, <laughs> just kind of weird, but that's just, it's just amazing what the human body can do. So here we are, the day of surgery. It is 3.30 in the morning. I wake up and I get on my knees and I pray to God to look over me, to look over my family, to look over the recipient's family, and to look over the recipient. It was 3.30 in the morning and my phone was blowing up, you guys. I think that the family of the recipient really didn't think that I was going to go through with it all the way, even though I've been testing for a whole year, extensive testing. But the day of surgery, I don't know if they probably were a little doubtful because this is really big. This is a big surgery happening. But of course, I answer the phone. I let them know I'm on my way and I will be there. When I walk into the hospital and go to the welcome center, I look over to the left and there is just a room full of gifts. The family bought me so many gifts and I was so grateful, but I let them know that this was something that they didn't have to do. But because I didn't get paid for the surgery or the donation, I think this was their way of letting me know how grateful they were. And no, of course I took the gifts. I mean, I had sprays, I had facial masks, robes, flowers, gift cards for massages. So I mean, yes, I'm not going to turn those gifts down. <laughs> But I really didn't need them because I was doing this because I wanted to. So here we are. It's about 4.30 in the morning and we're getting ready for pre-op. They sit me in a room and put four IVs in my arm. They put two in my right arm and two in my left arm. Then they bring out these long needles, maybe the size of my hand, maybe the size of your hand. And they, they have two and they tell me they're going to put them down the back of my spine on each side. I was so nervous I almost passed out. So they gave me some kind of narcotic to make me feel at ease a little bit which it helped for the moment, but as soon as I felt those needles go down my spine, that was over for me. I, I didn't feel any kind of relaxation, no relief. I was just in so much pain, but it was over in 10 seconds. I, I really didn't ask questions about what they were doing as far as pre-op because I trusted them. I trusted them enough to know that they were, knew what they were doing and that they knew my body well enough because the amount of testing that I went through, I know 1000% that I am healthier than anything in this world because if I wasn't, I 
wouldn't be able to donate. So sometimes when I'm feeling some type of way or I'm like, oh, I feel something, I think back right away like, no, there's nothing wrong with me because I just donated a kidney. Like, <laughs> I know that I'm healthy, so I get that out of my head right away. But we're in pre-op and he's sitting right next to me. I can see his room. He can see me. We're laying in bed and we look at each other and we just start crying because the connection is there for life between this human being and I because I am about to give him life. That's that's how I seen it. I'm giving this man life because he deserves it. So we looked at each other and we cried. Our families were each in each of our rooms and it was just a beautiful moment. And his family came into my room, said a prayer, told me that they loved me my family went into his room said a prayer said that they loved him and it was just a beautiful experience because now not only is myself and this person connected for life but my family and his family are connected for life as well so it was just a beautiful moment for us i can't really tell you what happened next because obviously they put us to sleep next thing you know i wake up and i'm in so much pain the surgery lasted for about four and a half hours from what i was told but obviously i didn't know that because i was sleeping so I'm sitting in this recovery room. My body is feels numb, but it's not numb. All I felt was my stomach throbbing. It was the worst pulsating sensation that I've ever felt. Um, but they said that was part of the process. So they put us into our rooms. About two or three hours later, I go and check on the recipient because he's right next door to me. And how I did that, I don't know. I don't know how I got up to walk. But I did. I wanted to make sure that he was okay because he's an older gentleman and the surgery was a little harder for him and hard for him to recover than it was for me being that I'm younger than him. So I get up and I'm walking down the hall and the look on the nurse's faces looked at me like, what are you doing? But I had to. I, I felt like I had to get up to check on him. I had a walker, which was really, really weird, but I had one and I used it. I utilized it, but I wanted to see if he was okay. I went into his room and he seen me and he just started crying and was grateful. And I, I just felt really happy for this man because I, I seen the, the look of life and I seen that he was living and going to just live. So it just really made me happy. I was told by the doctors that I would be in the hospital for a maximum of three days. Well, I felt like they lied to me. I felt like that was a lie because I was in the hospital for seven days, you guys. The recovery process was the worst for me. Um, it was a robotic surgery. So they went through my belly button to get my kidney, if that makes sense. So they pumped my stomach with air to make sure that the arms of the robot fit into my stomach. So I was in so much pain. I was bloated from all of the air that was still in my body. It felt like I was having a heart attack when I sat up because there was so much air air. I couldn't use the bathroom because of the narcotics that they were giving me was keeping me constipated. So it was the worst pain of my life. It got to a point where I told the doctors I didn't want no more medicine, not even Tylenol. And I suffered for about two days to make sure that the constipation went away. It's really uncomfortable to talk about, but that was the process for me. When I got home, six days later i had to be by myself because i couldn't have my kids around i couldn't pick up my daughter i couldn't lift anything i couldn't walk so i had to be alone in order for me to start healing well that didn't work well for me because one i couldn't get up and two i was really missing my kids you know the nurse did tell me when i was doing my psychological testing that there's a possibility of me being depressed because of this situation and i remember my response to her was i am so strong-minded i will not be depressed 
depressed. But the truth is I, I did fall into depression. I was really depressed. I I was in a dark space. And I think it's because I had so much time alone. And I had so much time to think about life and people and my decisions. And it just I, I just was really depressed, you guys. Um, I couldn't eat. Everything tastes like rubber. When I would try to consume food, I would throw it all up. And when I say throw up, it looked like a scene out of the Exorcist movie. And when I would throw up, it was so painful because my incision was hurting my stomach was sore so my thought process was well if you don't eat you won't throw up so I didn't eat I couldn't eat a solid food for about two weeks I lost about 30 pounds because of this and I was really depressed um, I went into a really deep depression you guys it was something that I've never experienced before and I remember I was sitting in the bathtub in a hot bath because that's the only thing that comforted me at the time and I was crying and I didn't know why I was crying and I was frustrated because I was crying and I was frustrated because I didn't know why I was crying and I remember at that exact moment I sat up in the tub and I said Amber get up this is not you. This is not who you are. You just did an amazing thing. Why are you depressed? And I literally had like an outer body experience. Like I remember looking at myself saying that. And I just cried so hard because I felt like that was the moment where I broke free of my depression. The next morning I woke up, I got on my knees and I prayed to God to give me strength. And when I tell you that I got the strength that I needed... It just was, it was an amazing feeling. I got up and I walked into my kitchen and I made me food. And I mentally told myself, Amber, you will not throw this up. So I ate and it was amazing because I haven't been able to eat food in so long. It just really made me happy. The fact that I was making some kind of progress. I remember after I ate food, I, I jumped in the shower. I didn't take a bath. I made the initiative to take a shower because it was hard to stand. It was painful. Um, but I remember I was like, get up and take a shower. I stood in the shower and I started thinking, what do I need to do today to make me feel good? And one of those things was seeing my children. So I called my mom to come pick me up and take me to my kid's dad's house so that I can see my kids. When I seen my kids, you guys, I, I've never felt something so powerful before. It just gave me so much initiative and will and drive to just want to get better because, you know, donating a kidney is so hard on your body. I did not expect it to be that hard. You know, I'm young. From what the nurses told me, I thought I was going to bounce back and just go on with my life but it was it was not that for me i i think i got the worst experience you can possibly have with kidney donation from depression to losing weight to not eating to being in and out of the emergency room because i was losing oxygen i was passing out it was just a rough recovery and a rough experience for me but seeing my kids really gave me the initiative and drive to want to get better because there was a point where I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and whatever happens, happens. And that was part of the depression. And once I got out of it and seen my kids, it was just a whole new outlook on life. And it's amazing because since this kidney donation, my outlook on life has changed in a positive way. I am reading more about meditation and manifestation. I am taking more time to have me time, connect with nature, and just have more positive thoughts on life you know as a human being sometimes we do fall into negativity and this whole experience has just changed my outlook on life in such a major way i am so grateful and blessed 
that I am healthy enough to help another human being and give another person another chance at life because that's what I did. I'm so grateful that my kids are so healthy. I'm so grateful that my family is healthy um, because this was such an amazing experience for me. I'm grateful that I was able to do this. I can't tell you enough on how grateful I am that I was able to do this for somebody. And I say it over and over and over again because I sincerely mean it. But yeah, it was just definitely a ride. It was a it was a ride. And, you know, a question that I get asked is, did I get paid for it? Well, no, I didn't get paid for it because I'm a kidney donor. I offered to do this and it'll kind of be legal if I got paid to do this. So no, I didn't get paid for this. I did get a cute teddy bear and I gained a whole new family. So that's payment enough for me. And, and I'm just truly blessed with everybody that helped me through the process and stuck by my side and, you know, supported me. I did have some people who weren't supportive of the situation, but in the end, when they seen the outcome and they see the recipient living life, no more kidney failure, no more kidney disease, he's just doing great and they're just so grateful and apologetic that they were not supportive which I, I accept their apology because I understand where they were coming from but I am also grateful for the people who didn't question why I wanted to do this and just supported me because they know that's the type of person that I am so yeah it was it was amazing and I can go on and on and on about this situation and the events that happened but I feel like I hit the the major parts of it but an update on the recipient um, he is doing great. We talk about once a week. Um, I haven't really been able to see him or visit him lately because of the pandemic and the COVID situation. It's just not a good idea for us to be around each other being that, you know, he's still recovering because he is older and I want to make sure that he's safe. But yeah, he's doing great. And just the look of life in him is just amazing to me. And when I see him on FaceTime, he's just so grateful. He calls me his guardian angel. He don't even call me by my name. He's like, hi, my guardian angel. And it just makes me happy because, you know, I was able to do this for this man. And update on me, I am healthier than ever. I am no longer depressed. The weight that I lost during this whole situation, I have managed to keep off. You know, I got my little Beyonce body back. So I'm very happy about that. And I'm going to continue working on that. So yeah, I just feel, I feel amazing. And it's something that if I can do, I would do all over again. Obviously I can't because I need my other kidney, but if I was able to do it again, I definitely would without any questions asked. What's nice about this whole situation is that because I'm a living kidney donor, I am on top of the list if I ever need a kidney. So I wouldn't have to wait. It would be the first person there would be my name. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that because hopefully I never need it. But if I do, I would, I would not have to wait. So yeah, it's definitely an experience that I, that I enjoyed in some sort of sense because it helped me gain a whole new outlook on life and appreciate my health and my children's health and my family's health that much more so it was great well that is my time that is my story and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I hope it was an inspiration to somebody who's thinking about doing this or has thought about doing this or is in works of doing this. So yeah, I hope you guys have a blessed day. I know I'm blessed and I hope you guys stay blessed. I am your host, Amber Lynn. Thank you for listening to the lovely podcast.